The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the limitations of Zoom meetings. Joining us is Melissa Kwan, who is the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar, which is the leading automation webinar platform that saves people from doing the same webinar over and over and over and over again for sales demos, marketing content, and onboarding. eWebinar turns any video into an automated webinar that you can set on a recurring schedule so you never have to do the same one twice. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, eWebinar is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. And today, Melissa and I are going to discuss why Zoom calls aren't scalable. All right, here's my conversation with Melissa Kwan, the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar. Melissa, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I feel like there should be like people clapping now. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> woo, you're back. It's always so good to hear from you, to see you. I know everybody listening can't see you, but it's great. Tell us, you're a world traveler. Where in the world are you this time? I am currently in Canggu, Bali. So you are not only a co-founder and CEO of a SaaS company, you are also a nomad. Tell everybody before we get into Zoom, and, and I swear this is all related to the topic of the day. How do you go from place to place and still run a company? Well, first, and this is not a shameless plug, I built software that does my job for me. So I don't have to be there 24-7. Dare I say the power of MarTech. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the problem of doing live webinars over and over was something that I lived in my previous startup. And I had always envisioned this product that would do my job for me so that I could go have fun any hour of the day and not have to be 4 a.m. lobby in Kyoto doing a demo that I did yesterday. So this product that I'm working on today is actually born from that. So now you've gone on to not having to do your sales calls at 4 a.m. in Kyoto, and instead you're in Bali doing podcasts at 2 a.m. Yes. Boy, you've really come full circle, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. David, my co-founder, who's also my life partner, laughs about this. He's like, you created software to solve one problem, but now you created another problem. But I can tell you right now that doing unique recordings podcasts at this hour is so much better than doing repetitive content that you've done over and over again at all hours of the day. 
Yeah, at least you got to do something new. You're having an interesting conversation on the podcast. It's a pain to have these reoccurring meetings. And and honestly, we've all sort of gone through the pandemic over the last few years and dealt with something together. It's fatigue. It's Zoom fatigue is the, you know, the term du jour. Talk to me a little about the broken process that we're all going through when it comes to scheduling our meetings, our sales calls, sitting in front of our screens. We've all sort of dispersed. Most of us are still working from home. Why isn't a Zoom call a scalable marketing and an effective channel? I mean, I think it's effective for sure. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the company that it is. But it's certainly not scalable in the sense that by nature, if someone has to do it every single time, how can it be scalable? Right? The nature of something being scalable is that it can be repeated over and over without you actually being there. I think Zoom webinars and calls and Zoom parties and happy hours were kind of cool, right? When the whole pandemic hit. I got to chime in. No, no, no. (laughs) Zoom parties were never cool. Never. Everyone talks over each other. That wasn't cool. (laughs) No, just like I did to you. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone was doing them to stand out. And even people with that didn't have Zoom in their everyday process was doing them in 2020. And then it went over to 2021. But I think last year was when people are like, you know what? I'm super sick of this. Like not only the people hosting, the people joining, they became much more selective with their content. So long story short, it's just not scalable because someone actually has to do them live. And I think more and more companies are asking themselves, like, how can we actually do this more efficiently and deliver content more effectively? Because people are being so much more choosy with what they're giving attention to. There's two problems that I see with Zoom and using it as a communication channel. And let's talk about it as a marketing or sales channel specifically. There is the it's not scalable. It requires one-on-one attention. And there's also the fatigue portion from the person that is responsible for executing those meetings. And it's not just Zoom. Like I am a podcast host. We use Squadcast for our podcast recording. And I get fatigue from content recording, from sitting in front of the screen and constantly having to have an output. So let's talk first about finding the ways that you don't have to sit in front of the screen and minimizing your output. How can you use technology and other solutions to get your message across effectively without just having to do it one-on-one? Yeah, I think the first place that people have tried to go to would be turn your replay into a video, right? Like you would upload it on a YouTube or Wistia or you put it on a gated landing page on your website and you call it an on-demand webinar. But the nature of a webinar is that someone could come to your webinar and be able to interact with the content and talk to you right? That's why people love webinars. That's why webinars are more effective than videos, right? Especially for things like demos, training, onboarding. So I think that's the technology that we're now seeing more prominent is being able to automate your webinar in a way that doesn't compromise on the quality of the attendee experience. When you're going to a gated landing page, you put in your email, your name, it unlocks a video, but there's no interaction. It's just a replay a lot of times. And the replay, a lot of times, the quality is really low in the sense that the recording quality is low or someone's asking a question, it's not relevant to you. And that's when you bounce. So how do we deliver the same content in a much higher quality way, but also allow people to interact with the content like polls, questions, and also be able to chat with you. So that's the technology that we're seeing nowadays. So really what I'm trying to get at is, you know, if I'm sitting here saying, all right, I got a million Zoom meetings, 
Some of them are sales calls for me. Some of them are podcasts. Some of them are sponsorship meetings. I'm sitting in front of my screen all the time. I'm exhausted. I want more time for myself like you've been able to carve out. How do you go from Zoom to Zoom to Zoom to Zoom to Zoom to liberation and being able to work on what you want to work on or, God forbid, having some time for yourself? I love that word liberation. I mean, that's like one of the mottos that we have on our website as well. But I mean, the first thing you would do is record it. And if it's not recording fresh content, a lot of people reuse the recorded webinar that they've already done. Like, I think that would be the first place they go. But if you want to create higher quality experiences, then you would record content specifically for the purpose that you're delivering for. I guess what I'm hearing you say is if you're doing something in a repetitive nature, record it. If you're giving the same sales pitch over and over and over and over again, try to do it in a recording, and then you have content and you can take those meetings off your calendar by presenting the recording to someone. But then it gets to the next problem, which is, okay, I've recorded my sales pitch, the MarTech podcast sponsor sales pitch. You've heard it. I had to give it to you in person because I'm not smart enough to record a webinar just yet. I'll get there. I'm concerned that when somebody gets onto this meeting that I've had, I don't know, 50 times last year, at least maybe 100, I basically gave the same song and dance over and over again, but I want it to be interactive. I want people to see my face. I want them to feel like I'm listening to them. How do you build that experience where you're getting that sort of fidelity and connection without having to actually do the meetings constantly? Well, that's what automated webinar software is. It turns a video into an interactive webinar with a live chat component so that it can deliver a webinar-like experience to the attendee a thousand times without you actually being there. And when I say interactive, I mean things like you can program in things like polls, questions, quizzes, contact forms. That's actually even more interactive than doing it through a live Zoom. Like those features don't actually exist, right? When you join a Zoom, a lot of times someone's talking at you for 30 to 60 minutes. There's not really a lot of things that you can interact with. But actually with webinar automation software, you can make that content even more interactive. It's more like two-way interactive TV, interactive video, and less of a webinar, but it preserves that one-on-one communication component that actually makes webinars valuable in the first place. That's why people want to come to you. They want to be able to engage and ask questions. Give me some metrics here. How do you benchmark the difference between the conversion rate? Let's say you're having a sales demo that you're doing one-on-one and it's that interactive experience with your charismatic podcast founder, also salesperson, I'm digging here, or you have a recorded video with that person that you convert into a webinar and have an interactive experience. Is it still a higher conversion rate when you're going one-on-one or... Are you seeing the same rates of conversion, the same sort of monetization when you're going through a webinar? I can't comment on live versus automated conversion rates for me because I don't do any live demos, but I would love to give you some data that I actually just dug up a few days ago for a LinkedIn post that I wrote. So I looked at the stats for 2022. In 2022, almost 3,000 people joined our demo on their own, completely on demand, And 23% of people sign up for a free trial without ever talking to a person. I don't do live demos. If I do a demo of our product, I would have failed my own company. Our product delivers a way better experience that I can actually do live with a screen share. So when you come to our site, people just join our demo on their own. They choose a time that fits them. Do you know how many people it would take to run 3,000 demos a year? I feel like I did that many sales pitches last year for the MarTech podcast. (laughs) More than one. But the important thing to note about that statistic, let's say that's like 250 demos a month, right? If I required people to book a time with me, 
in order to get a demo, I wouldn't get 250 people a month. I might get like 20 or 25 because people don't want to talk to salespeople. And that's actually the beauty of automating your content and automating your sales content and making your demo on demand is it gives everybody, regardless of where they are in their buying journey, to learn about your company and your product without making them feel like they're forced to talk to someone. And that's actually the consumer experience that people crave. And the stats that I just shared with you just proves that. And the fact that I was able to run my entire company, show 3,000 people how our product works without ever being there to do it live, that in itself is more important than the conversion rate. Because the more people actually get into the funnel, the better. So maybe one-on-one, I'm converting them at 30%, but I'm only getting 20 people in my funnel. But if I'm automating it, I'm getting 2,000 people in my funnel, and maybe I'm converting at 15%. That's still a higher number. I guess here's the big question for me. I had this conversation with somebody about podcast advertising, where they're like, should I start with programmatic advertising, which is, let's say, a somewhere between a 10 to a $25 CPM? Or should I go direct to podcasters and pay a 50 to $100 CPM? The conversion rates on host-read ads are dramatically higher, but the reach and frequency you can get from the programmatic advertising, you can buy more impressions and cast a wider net with the programmatic advertising. So my suggestion was to validate the channel, go to programmatic, and then when you have figured out if podcast advertising works for you, you can invest in strategic host-read ads for people that you know have an audience that you're trying to tackle. There's a parallel here for doing your in-person sales calls and moving towards webinar. You can have more people engage with your content. And I guess the big question for me is, you don't know what the conversion rate is. Have you found that there's a difference in the quality of customers when you're going direct and having building a relationship that is in person as opposed to pushing someone through a purely digital channel? Yeah, I mean, of course, the people that are willing to hop on a call with you one on one, the quality is already way higher. But a lot of times I feel like people are kind of being forced because that's the only way to see your product is to get on a call. But I would say that The quality of people that come through an automated channel is, of course, really wide. 10% of people don't even show up. But guess what? It's totally fine because I'm not actually there. I remember it was super disheartening in the past in my previous startup when I would do these live and I would stay up 2 or 3 a.m. and then people wouldn't show up. And that was like really demoralizing. And when you automate that channel, it doesn't happen anymore. And of course, there's super high quality leads that request a call. There's people that don't really need to talk to you and they sign up. And then there's people that don't show up or there's people that are like super, super top of the funnel and they just want to poke their head in kind of like an open house. But the truth is it's okay. You have an automated channel like that because you want to serve everybody, because you want to give consumers the information that they need to make a buying decision when they're ready, whether it's now or later. I just want to be in front of them. I want to be in front of them, top of mind, more so than my competitor. And I think that's the power of automating something. So let's go back to the idea that Zoom calls aren't scalable. The whole notion here is that they're exhausting. Being in front of your screen, as much as I love to have our podcast recording, this takes effort, takes energy, and there's a limited amount of back and forth that you can have where you're constantly thinking and having an output. So there's the personal component to Zoom fatigue or just screen fatigue, meeting fatigue, one-on-one connection digital fatigue. And there's also the second component, which is unlimited ability to schedule. You can manage a larger bandwidth, which allows you to cast a wider net. Are there any other reasons why you can think that Zoom or the sort of constant focus on scheduling meetings and filling your calendar, why that doesn't work? 
I think the other reason why it doesn't work is because nowadays the world is flat. You're a company, you serve people in many different time zones. A lot of times your customer is not in your time zone. So you're kind of forcing them to fit your schedule. And that's why traditionally attendance rate for webinars are so low, right? That's why sometimes people sign up and they don't show up. Or that's even for one-on-one meetings. Like they sign up and they forget that you're on their calendar because it's not actually within their working hour. So I think that's another big reason as to why Zoom's just not scalable is that it's forcing your customer, your prospect to fit into sometimes a kind of an unnatural time slot for them. We've all been through that process where you have to go through the godforsaken SDR call. <laughs> you got to go and sit down and talk to somebody and they're going to vet you and ask you questions and try to figure out what industry you're in and do you have enough money to pay the product. And then if you pass the test, even though this person doesn't really know anything about the product or service, then they will connect you to an AE who can actually demo the product and start to sell to you and explain to you how the product might work for you. It's a terrible experience. And and fortunately, I feel like the world has gotten away from that sort of sales methodology. But we're running into a similar problem here. Sometimes your customers, we think about that sales call, that Zoom meeting as being a bottom of funnel activity. This is somebody who I am so close to getting over the finish line that I'm going to meet with them in person. And in reality, that's not always where somebody is in their buying journey. Some of the times people just want to go through the demo to get educated, to understand in this example, how webinars work, how MarTech podcast sponsorships works. There's different things where people are just doing their research. They want to understand what your product is and how it works. And maybe they're not in buy mode. And that's okay. That's fine. That's what webinars are for. That's what recorded videos are for. But we want those experiences to be interactive because maybe that person isn't in the bottom of the buying funnel now. Maybe they're in the awareness building phase. Maybe they're in the education phase. And by opening up the amount of people that can go through your sales funnel, you're not necessarily going to increase your conversion rate by doing webinars, but you're going to cast a wider net. And you're going to help build awareness. You're going to help build affinity by bringing people into the sales process when they are earlier in their buying phase. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Melissa Kwan, co-founder and CEO of eWebinar. Join us again tomorrow when Melissa and I continue the conversation talking about how to retain a prospect's attention. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Melissa, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Miss Kwan, that's M-S-S-K-W-A-N. Or you could visit her company's website, which is ewebinar.com, E-W-E-B-I-N-A-R.com. Just one more link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to your weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.